You are listening to the Testudo Times Podcast Network. Hey guys, and welcome to the latest episode of the Testudo Times Podcast. I'm your host, Lila Bromberg, here with Matt Levine, and today we're joined over Skype by Maryland women's basketball head coach, Brenda Fries. Um, you know, we're all doing this over Skype with everything going on, so just, you know, first off, how are you doing? How's the family, you know, dealing with all these unprecedented times? Yeah, uh, you know, we're doing great. I mean, I liken it to the fact that I feel like I have two jobs now, uh, being a stay-at-home and, uh, you know, uh, helping navigate our kids and, and with their online learning and uh, then probably just as busy, uh, just in a different way with uh, coaching and recruiting from afar. So, um, but obviously we recognize and understand the seriousness. Um, haven't been out of the home in a, in a long time, uh, besides uh, going outside and enjoying the fresh air. But um, definitely understand the seriousness of it all. And your two twin boys, Tyler and Marcus, at home with you. How has it been, kind of stepping in as a, a teacher, homeschooling, or helping them? With- with their work at all, how has that been for you? Um, you know, we're having fun with it. I'll, I'll joke with them that they've got to call me Professor Freeze, uh, you know, and then they'll call me mom. And um, But we have, you know, really good routine to our mornings where we try to knock things out before they go online in the afternoon with the, with their classes. So, um, you know, and then there's a good blend. I mean, we, we still allow them, you know, to spend time with their friends and um, however that may look, uh, unfortunately, on video games because that's their social time with their friends or activities outside. Yeah, but it's got to be interesting. I know for us, it's been kind of crazy and weird just doing it with the whole college thing online. I can't imagine being that young and doing everything. Um, and, you know, with the season ending, the, you know, wave it did, unfortunately, abruptly ending, you guys were still able to, you know, win 17 straight games and end the season with the Big Ten uh, regular season and tournament championships. And we're projected to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, and we had Kyla uh, Charles on the podcast last week. And, you know, we heard from you uh, with our reporters telling just how you guys found out about the end of the season together. Um, and, you know, I think both in Matt and I's mind, we've talked about this a lot, how we just, you know, thought you guys really had a shot at that national championship game. I know you've talked about how this was a special team. Um, in your mind, what was so different about, you know, this season and this team? Well, I felt like this team was peaking at the right time. I mean, uh, I've never seen a team go on, you know, we had won 17 straight games. And uh, so when you talk about, you know, in conference play, when you're playing 18 conference game to win the regular season and uh, then to go be the hunted in the Big Ten tournament and, and go win that tournament um, and, and did it pretty decisively uh, between all three games. So, you know, it's just tough because you'll never know, right? We, we put ourselves in a, a phenomenal position being that number one seed, which was going to be favorable for the bracket. Um, but but I think that's the tough thing is like, you know, you're going to look back at this 1920 season and kind of have an asterisk and a banner up there of, of the unknown, um, which I think is tough. But um, again, I just think understanding the perspective, you know, I have uh, an 87-year-old dad, an 81-year-old mom, and um, you know, this is really serious. And, you know, for all of us, you know, out there, there there's just so much more when you do when you talk about life um, over any kind of sporting event. And, you know, I have to ask towards the end of that season during that win streak, I mean, 
you guys had the highest uh, scoring margin in program history at over 25 points, and there are just some games that they were flat out dominating. Were there ever moments where you're just watching on the sideline, you know, in one of those, you know, 40 point blowouts and just in shock? Like, how much did this team surprise you just in terms of how dominant they got towards the end of the year? Yeah, you know, I think probably the biggest game, and there, there, there were two, two games that stuck out for me. Uh, you know, just the turnaround when you saw uh, us at Iowa and then when they returned to us, and I, I think we beat them by over 30 points, and Iowa could never get going that entire game because we wouldn't allow them to. Uh, that dominant performance was pretty incredible to be able to watch. And then um, our last regular season game at Minnesota, uh, I mean, that game was almost 50 points. And, uh, you know, just we, we were just really peaking at the, at the right time um, with, with everyone kind of gelling. And, you know, and it, it took this team a while. I mean, I, I felt like in January uh, this team was one of the slowest teams, right, to be quite honest, that, that to find their rhythm and their chemistry. They just uh, took a lot longer. But, man, once they did find their groove, uh, it was something pretty, pretty incredible to watch. It was announced uh, last week that, a key part of your staff, assistant coach Shay Robinson, going to take a job at Ole Miss. What does he mean or what has he meant to the program and, and what kind of challenges do you face now trying to find a new coach in a time like this? Yeah, um, you know, I mean, obviously, just think the world of, of Coach Robinson. I mean, he was on our staff for six years, so um, we, we got to win a lot. You know, we've been to a Final Four, you know, Big Ten regular season and tournament titles, and, um, you know, to, to have someone with that kind of consistency uh, every single day was, was extremely important. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously the future is extremely bright. We've always been able to – um, continue to bring in great assistant coaches, uh, you know, that have done phenomenal things uh, here. And then when, when they continue on on their path, uh, that they each have for their own journey. Um, obviously, it makes it a little bit more difficult because, uh, you know, during uh, this, uh, you know, coronavirus right now, I mean, we're in a hiring freeze. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not sure when you're talking about candidates that want to move, you know, during something like this, it'd be very difficult. Um, so, you know, just a lot of what ifs and question marks that uh, we can't really answer right now. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of just, you know, the case of everything. And um, with recruiting, that's also a big thing, too, of having to do everything virtually. Um, what has that been like for you just, you know, recruiting from home, you know, getting used to these Zoom calls, like we've said, and trying to, you know, sell the school, you know, through video chat? Yeah, you know, I think um, you have to be able to adapt, right? I mean, when you saw us leave the ACC to go to the Big Ten, I think, you know, the biggest compliment we can say um, as an athletic department and for our women's basketball program is we adapted very quickly. Um, and you have to, otherwise you're going to get passed by. And so uh, for us, uh, our staff, I mean, you know, we got on Zoom, we got our PowerPoint presentations. Um we have been recruiting. Uh, it has not stopped for a second. And so we're really excited uh, to be able to announce tomorrow in our late signings, the, the, the few that, you know, the, the ones that we're going to add. And it's all been uh, the ones that we're going to add have all been directly um, over the Internet with Zoom, our PowerPoint presentations. They haven't stepped foot, obviously, on campus. And, um, you know, I, I do like the face to face. But I think like with FaceTime and Zoom, uh, you still can get that versus a phone call. So, um, have, you know, I, I've really enjoyed, you know, continuing on with the relationships that we've built in the recruiting process. 
And in addition to that, over the years, you've talked a lot about how you have an open program, a lot of access to the media and the public and recruits, even having your own show called Under the Shell, which has covered your team for years now. And it really shows, you know, what you guys are as a program and just the whole season. It gives you a big scope of that. During this time, does that help with recruiting, having that show and having such an open program? It's huge. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, we make sure our recruits, you know, see it. Uh, they, they have links to it. They can get on YouTube and see any of the shows from uh, the last 16 years. So, you know, we are an open book. What you see is what you get. So I can't think of a more powerful way to, to be able to kind of get your message out, uh, to be able to give that, you know, all access uh, that you get to see and under the shell. And, uh, you know, it, it has been an important piece for us, uh, you know, in, in the recruiting element. Right. And, you know, over the years, you've been able to recruit a lot of WNBA and recruit and develop a lot of WNBA talent. And coming up this week, we have a WNBA draft coming up virtually on Friday, April 17th. And, you know, you've coached so many players who have made it on to the next level now, you know, winning championships and um, really, you know, just making a statement. Is there for you as a coach, like a certain point where you can tell if a player has that ability to make it to the next level or, you know, even be a star at that next level is like that, you know, while you're recruiting them, while, you know, you're developing them? You know, I, I can kind of tell between that sophomore and junior year. I mean, that, that, that's a huge year uh, of what it's going to look like, you know, whether they're going to be able to make it that next step in the WNBA. Um, obviously, we're, we're proud of the fact that, you know, all of our players have been able to continue on professionally overseas. Um, but obviously, the WNBA and, and the limited rosters, um, it's really, really difficult to do. Um, so that sophomore to junior year is a really critical year. And then um, your finish of your senior year is also um, – you know, really important. I think that's what makes it tough. You know, I, I look at for our four seniors and, um, you know, more than likely what the finish would have looked like for, for them uh, that they didn't get to have. So, you know, they're going to have to rely on their body of work, you know, in, in the three and a half years that, that they were able to, to have. And through your time at Maryland, you produced six top 10 WNBA draft picks. Crystal Langhorn, Laura Harper, Marissa Coleman, Christy Tolliver, Tiana Hawkins, and Alyssa Thomas. What do you try to instill in your program in terms of player development to allow these players to be so successful at the, at the next level? Well, it's a, a critical piece of our program and obviously has allowed us to be really successful, the player development piece. And so uh, when you talk about the, the strength and conditioning element, uh, that that's a big piece of the movement uh, base for our players. And then um, from the coaching end, uh, being able to, to have that player development piece uh, we build our practices around it. So in the pre and the post, uh, on the front end and back end, uh, they're still able to, to have the time to, to be able to work on their own individual games. And um, it's something that has uh, paid off huge dividends, uh, you know, in our program. And we saw on the, on the documentary show that, you know, the seniors were able to, you know, come up and share a letter that they wrote to their freshman selves for you, what was that like to see that from the four seniors this year and to see the growth that uh, the four of them have all made? Yeah, it's always one of my favorite times, you know, when, when we have them write the, 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 a letter to the, their freshman self uh, after their four years. I think um, it gives tremendous perspective. You know, it allows those incoming freshmen uh, that are new in your program to, to kind of understand 
you know, uh, what that journey is going to look like. And then um, for all four of our seniors, they, they had such different, um, you know, paths. And, and, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, what they gained out of it, they, they were some pretty incredible letters that they wrote. Right. And that was the advice that they're, you know, giving to themselves, uh, you know, back for their freshman years. But as they now look towards their future, you know, especially Kyla, who, um, you know, is one of the biggest draft prospects for you guys. You know, you mentioned how the WNBA, you only have the 12 players on the roster. What advice have you given her and given past players about, you know, really making that jump and being able to not only get drafted, but, you know, sustain that and, and stay on a roster? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, as I, you know, already spoke with them and, you know, trying to explain that it's really, really hard. Like, even if you get drafted, uh, you know, that doesn't mean anything because you have to go in and quite honestly, you've got to go take someone else's job. So you have to have a mentality that is um, tough enough, strong enough to, to be able to go in and, and be able to position yourself to be able to go take one of those 12 roster spots. Um, with veterans that have been, you know, this isn't just four years like in college, you're talking six, seven, eight years of experience, you know, plus on a roster that you're going to have to go in and um, try to take someone else's job. So, you know, um, and during these times, you know, you know, you got to be in the best shape, you got to be um, able to put the ball in the basket. So like during these times is like finding the ability to, to be able to put the work in. And Lila mentioned uh, Kyle Charles, obviously, being one of the biggest draft prospects for you guys this year out of the four seniors. When GMs or coaches in the WNBA reach out to you about Kyla, what's something you tell them about what she brings to the table and something she could bring to a team at the next level? Yeah, you know, um, I w- you know, was fortunate last week to, to have a couple reach out uh, about Kyla as well as, um, you know, our other three seniors. And, you know, with Kyla, um, obviously she has shown she's carried this team, you know, the last four years. And, uh, when you just talk about her ability to, to score the basketball, um, her athleticism, you know, her, her ability in the open court to be able to make plays, you know, her rebounding, um, and she just knows how to win. So, you know, fortunately for us, they've been able to get that snapshot of, of Kyla for the last four years, but, um, they also are looking for all the intangibles, you know, they're, they're looking for, uh, what a great teammate Kyla is. And, you know, if you come in as a rookie and you make the team, are you going to be okay to, to play a role? Because sometimes rookies do have to wait their turn. Um, so, you know, all those intangibles that, that separate Kyla, um, you know, are, are important factors uh, for GMs out there. Right. And when they ask about, uh, you know, the other three seniors with, Blair Watts and Stephanie Jones and Sarah Vujicic, uh, what are you telling them about those guys? Uh, you know, again, uh, championship pedigrees. You know, they they all know how to win. Uh, they, they know how to work. I mean, when, when you watch those three specifically, I mean, they get in the gym early. They stay late. Uh, they're, you know, phenomenal teammates. I thought uh, what separated this senior class and why we were able to do so well this year is um, they didn't care who got the credit and, you know, they, they had no drama in the locker room. I mean, they were a team, they were cohesive, they were a team full of sisters. And, uh, you know, those are the kind of culture players, uh, the winning mentality that, that you want in your locker room as a coach. And that kind of leads me into a fun, some fun questions we have for you in terms of, you know, winning mentality and uh, pedigree. Uh, ESPN was replaying the 2006 title game a lot. Um, and we saw that whole uh, video that LeBron James was 
you know, watching and things like that. How special has it been for you to, you know, see ESPN replaying it and then also see, you know, a lot of people's reactions uh, to the game who maybe hadn't seen it before? Yeah, I mean, it was phenomenal, you know, uh, not once but twice to, to have it uh, re-aired and uh, being able to watch it both times uh, brought back incredible memories. I mean, it also connected. Uh, I've talked to quite a few people, uh, you know, that were a form uh big part of that unit uh since that so um that those were some uh just special memories to to be able to relive uh and you know i i think you know again you know i, I had a good time with our our own players on our current roster i think they were like you know when i text them six or seven so uh <laughs> you know being able to give them a little history of maryland now that they're wearing the maryland uniform for them to be able to go back uh, and see that 2006 team and, and what made them so special, um, I, I thought was, uh, you know, pre pretty neat to be able to see. And there were a lot of videos on social media from you that showed your twin boys, Tyler and Marcus, watching that game. Was was that the first time they saw the 2006 title game? Uh, that was actually the second time that uh, they, they had watched. So I, I had had them watch it way back probably, uh, you know, maybe – six seven years ago so again yeah at a different age you know uh, it was fun to be able to see and um i forgot to mention you know the piece you know obviously it was really uh incredible to be able to see with lebron uh you know to be able to have you know uh players like himself and and in the nba you know uh, watching our women's game and you know putting a shout out to christy tolliver and and how well she played in that game um, those are the things that, from a national scale, you know, for, for women's basketball that are really important uh, to, to be able to see um, so many players in the NBA, you know, kind of taking that ownership now, just like Kobe Bryant did uh, in our women's game to kind of further it along. And yeah, uh, with the boys too, we've seen you on Instagram a bit with the TikToks. It seems like everyone is getting into TikTok right now. Um, had you, you know, found out about TikTok before or were you kind of learning while stuck at home? And what has that process been like? It seems like you've gotten pretty good at it. Um, you know, I, I knew what TikTok was. I've seen it and watched it. I didn't have the time to do TikToks. So obviously you see that now that uh, there there is that time. I, I think for me, um, it's relating to, to my boys in their world right now. I don't think if they were here, I probably wouldn't be doing those TikToks, but um, it is fun. I mean, uh, you know, the, the 10 minutes we take to, to make sure we can find something that mom can do with a dance move, um, you know, are, are enjoyable. But I mean, again, it's just making memories, uh, which I love uh, with my boys in this amount of time uh, that we have together. Right. And uh, is that something you think maybe you'll bring into the season next year? Maybe Maryland women's basketball will have a TikTok? <laughs> Uh, we'll have to see. I mean, uh, I, I can't say that, you know, my, my one son, he's the, the masterful creator and he, he's got all the, uh, knows what he's doing on that. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, you never know. But by then, there'll be something more advanced than TikTok by, by the time we get to, to our season. And just following up on Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, how do you think not only have they developed the women's game or helped develop it, but how do you think it's going to keep continuing to grow? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, obviously for the two of them, I mean, just, you know, their visibility, right, to, to support it, uh, to be in attendance, uh, to be on social media, you know, uh, 
you know, giving their reaction, you know, is huge because they're so, you know, they have so, you know, have had so many followers. Um, and, and I think, you know, just continuing to have more people like that, that, uh, continue to, to advance our game, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, is an important element, um, across women's sports, you know, um, in so many ways and, and they have the power and the visibility to do that. I mean, we really appreciate you taking the time and we'll end with just one fun segment. Uh, we mentioned Chrissy Tolliver and she'll come up in this segment too. So uh, we're going to name a, a past player of yours and then have you recount either a favorite memory or story of that player or what stood out most of them during their time at Maryland. And I guess we'll uh, start with Chrissy Tolliver. Oh, no question. The shot. I mean, uh, it will go down as uh, the biggest shot in the history of our game. And Alyssa Thomas ferocious competitor you know i mean uh, you know the most competitive player that that we've ever had come through our program and then uh brianna jones oh uh misconsistency you know just every single day she came in she was a walk-in double double blair watson lockdown defender you know uh claim to fame i mean separated us this past season uh with her defensive mentality right and then we'll end on uh, a fifth one uh fifth one though there are so many great players that come through the program and uh work under you uh marissa coleman marissa coleman uh fun memory uh was when she came in and couldn't do one push-up and then to be able to see, uh, you know, in her career, uh, what she involved into, uh, you know, phenomenal. Uh, then went on to the WNBA, won a national championship. Um, so really, uh, you know, created her game for herself. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you've got a lot going on with, you know, the boys at home and recruiting. So we really appreciate you taking the time and are looking forward to see uh, where all your players go in the WNBA draft. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for, for having me, and go Terps! <laughs>